Working in the spirit of the Golden Empire, this is 17 News at Sunrise. Working in the spirit of the Golden Empire, this is 17 News at Sunrise. And good morning here at 5 a.m. Good to have you with us. I'm Maddie Jansen alongside Alex Fisher. We enjoyed such beautiful weather over the weekend. Yeah. Today's the final day of summer and temperatures are going to be really showing us that uh, it's still summer. Yeah, Mother Nature is going to say this is my parting gift uh, because we're still going to be the uh, in the triple digits today. And now it's 502. The State Department of Justice is investigating the Kern County government over alleged discrimination and civil rights violations in contracts and employment, but no one wants to talk about it. 17 News has obtained an internal memo sent to all county department heads notifying them of an active investigation by the DOJ. The specific reason for the investigation is yet to be confirmed, but the memo asks department heads to preserve all documents and materials that indicate the refusal to hire or work with any contractors based on political or social positions. The document specifies that state investigators want any documents and communications with dozens of organizations that are part of the Building Healthy Communities Coalition. Among them, the Dolores Huerta Foundation, Jakarta Movement, Vision y Compromiso, and Adelante Strategies, to name a few. The Board of Supervisors denied these organizations more than $1 million in state funding for COVID-19 related projects in October 2020. The move happened after Supervisor Zach Scrivener notified the board that Building Healthy Communities had posted views that were unsupportive of the police on its Facebook page. The county issued a response that reads in part, the county is and will fully cooperate with the investigation. We are confident the practices of the county are in keeping with all federal and state laws and regulations and anticipate the investigation will so conclude. We reached out to county supervisors as well as Building Health Communities, the Dolores Huerta Foundation, Vision y Compromiso and Adelante Strategies for a comment, but no one was available for comment or did not respond to our request. In your 17 court watch, the man accused in the shooting death of a 10-year-old Arvin girl appeared in court yesterday afternoon. 18-year-old Jesus Everado Jaros Rodriguez was arrested for his alleged involvement in the shooting that killed Liliana Jimenez. Rodriguez was arrested on Thursday. Liliana Jimenez, her 12-year-old brother, Christian, and their father were all shot outside their home July 17th. Liliana died. Christian and the father survived. Rodriguez faces murder, attempted murder, conspiracy, and gang charges. From our 17 News follow-up file this morning, today marks nine months since two young boys were reported missing from their home in California City. Orson and Orrin West's adoptive parents called police on December 21st to say they couldn't find the boys. Bakersfield Police remain in charge of the investigation. Anyone with information on the boys' whereabouts or the circumstances surrounding their disappearance is asked to call this current secret witness hotline where you can remain re anonymous. That phone number is 322-4040. The reward for information leading to the boys' whereabouts is set at $125,000. Today also marks nine months since college student Dane Elkins was reported missing. Elkins is an engineering student at UC Santa Cruz and is from Brentwood in Southern California. On December 21st, he was reported missing near I-5 in Templin Highway, north of Castaic. If you see Dane Elkins, you're asked to text or call 562-504-6005 or email a picture or video of Dane to searchingfordaneelkins at gmail.com. 5.05 is your time now. The Kern County Fair is back tomorrow for the first time in nearly two years. And there have been many challenges leading up to the first day as we're still in the middle of a pandemic. 
Ferry officials met last night to tie up loose ends ahead of tomorrow's opening. 17's Chris Burton was at that meeting last night and joins us now with more. Chris. Good morning, Alex. The fair was sorely missed last year, canceled because of the pandemic. When it returns, organizers are hoping it'll look somewhat normal. The fair's board of directors met for the last time ahead of the gates opening Wednesday. For the most part, this year's fair will look familiar to fairgoers who walked the grounds in 2019. It'll be a little bit lighter, but not by much. We'll have some of our standard, our traditional vendors that are nonprofits won't be here this year. Mainstays like the Kern County Basque Club and Bakersfield Fire won't have stations this year. For these organizations and others, the chances of catching COVID were just too great. Our nonprofits are all volunteer basis, and so there's those are risks that they're simply not willing to take. There are a lot of fires going on right now, and those firefighters are being pulled. Livestock exhibitions are also down this year. About half as many animals will be shown compared to 2019. Fairgoers won't need to provide proof of vaccination or mask up. But directors are strongly encouraging masking and social distancing procedures. Remember the common uh, uh, matters that we were taught early in the COVID, social distancing, washing your hands and keep your face covered. And I think so long as we do that, we're gonna, they will be able to ensure for themselves that they will have a safe fare. The fair is partnering with the Kern County Public Health Department to offer a free vaccination clinic. No appointments are needed. If you get the jab at the fair, you'll also receive a free admission ticket to the fair. Torres hopes the clinic drives vaccination rates up here at home. In studio, Chris Burton, 17 News. And of course, 17 News at Sunrise will be live there Friday morning and 17 News at 5 and 6 will be live there the rest of the week. Yep, starting Wednesday, tomorrow night. Yep, starting tomorrow night. I was actually talking to Tammy. She said she's really excited, although what she's not excited about is the temps. I know. Because those temperatures are going to be very hot. Do you feel like every time we're talking about the fair, it gets Always. so hot during the fair and then it cools off afterwards? Well, the good news is it's supposed to cool off during the fair. That is the good news, of course. It's so, a little bit little mixed back a little there. taste. All right, recapping our top stories here on this Tuesday morning, the State Department of Justice is investigating the Kern County government over alleged discrimination and civil rights violations in contracts and employment. An internal memo specifies that state investigators want any documents and communications with dozens of organizations that are part of the Building Healthy Communities Coalition. Today marks nine months since two young boys were reported missing from their home in California City. Orson and Orrin West's adoptive parents called police on December 21st to say they couldn't find the boys. Anyone with information on the boys' whereabouts is asked to call the Kern Secret Witness Hotline where you can remain anonymous. The Kern County Fair is back tomorrow, but there will be some changes due to COVID-19. Mainstays like the Kern County Bass Club and Bakersfield Fire won't have stations this year. Livestock exhibitions are also down. About half as many animals will be shown compared to 2019. Now to the coronavirus, and last time we heard from former Congressman Bill Thomas, Republican of Bakersfield, the topic was the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. This morning, in another exclusive interview with 17's Robert Price, Thomas is back, and this time the subject is vaccination, and you might be surprised by his take on the issue. 
We don't hear a lot these days from retired Congressman Bill Thomas, former chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee and longtime mentor to House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. But when we do hear from him, it's usually memorable. That was the case last week when I sat down with Thomas and a local physician to talk about COVID-19 vaccination efforts and a potentially troublesome trend regarding first responders. Thomas was not happy. He's seen the headlines out of Los Angeles where the city council last month passed an ordinance requiring that city employees be vaccinated against COVID-19 no later than October 5th unless they're granted a religious or medical exemption. As of last week, 11% of LA city employees had indicated they would seek an exemption, but 2,000 LAPD employees, roughly a quarter of the police department, said they would seek an exemption. Bakersfield city employees face no such vaccination mandates, and a police union representative told 17 News they weren't going to speculate on when or if such a requirement, be it federal, state, or local ordinance, might come along. But Thomas, who represented parts of Southern California and the Southern San Joaquin Valley for 18 years in Congress, has an opinion on that. I just was amazed watching the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and first responders running through that dust and smoke, not knowing what was on the other side because first responders by name are first responders. They're the ones who run to the problem, not away from the problem. And then I open up the newspaper and I watch on television, police unions, fire unions, people who are first responders arguing that the most tested safe vaccine is not something they're willing to take. And I find out the county of Los Angeles is now requiring some form of authentication that you've been vaccinated to even get inside a bar. So I'm envisioning the situation of two people inside a bar, both who've been vaccinated, and the police cruiser out at the curb is told to respond to a problem in the bar, and it's entirely likely both of the police haven't been vaccinated. How do you deal with a situation in which over 90% of the people who haven't been vaccinated are now catching the D variant, the most powerful version of the virus, and they're dying. And how do you tell a member of the police or the fire department doing your job doesn't require you to be vaccinated. Dr. Bridges Bombi, who's affiliated with Bakersfield Heart Hospital, says he would have assumed we'd all pull together in this fight as we've done in other times of national crisis. A typical response to an adversity is cohesiveness and union. We did that in the World War II. We did that after 9-11. The inverted logic about this threat has been an amazingly disappointing. Thomas says he's astounded and not in a good way. The solution to saving your life, your life, your life, is to get a free vaccination. How in the world is the number of people 
yet to be vaccinated as high as it is. This isn't the first time the independent-minded Thomas has gone against prevalent attitudes in his Republican Party, and judging by the volatile nature of today's America, it probably won't be the last. In downtown Bakersfield, Robert Price, 17 News. And new this morning, COVID-19 has now killed about as many Americans as the 1918 Spanish flu. According to data compiled by Johns Hopkins University, the reported number of COVID deaths in the U.S. crossed 675,000 on Monday. Of course, that number is expected to rise as the U.S. averages more than 1,900 deaths per day. The nation is currently experiencing yet another wave of new infections fueled by the fast-spreading Delta variant. The 1918 flu was considered America's deadliest pandemic in recent history until now. Here at home, Kern Public Health reported 1,445 new COVID-19 cases yesterday. This number includes all tests from over the weekend. No new deaths were reported. Our death toll sits at 1,515 lives lost to the virus since the start of the pandemic. The good news, the average number of people getting sick each day is declining. However, state data shows 306 people are in local hospitals with the virus and another 75 are in the ICU. Meantime, a community-wide COVID-19 vaccination clinic will be held today in Delano. It's happening at Lavina Middle School on Browning Road from 3 to 6 p.m. The Kern County Latino COVID-19 Task Force is encouraging anyone 12 and older to attend. First and second doses of the Pfizer vaccine and the one-shot Johnson & Johnson shot will be available. Those attending the clinic will, are asked to wear a mask and social distance while on site. We now know the name of a man hit and killed by a dump truck last week. It happened last Monday on Highway 178 at Union Avenue. The coroner's office says 28-year-old Devlin James Connor Dozier was found dead in the middle of the road after being hit by a truck. Investigators are still looking into what the man was doing before he was hit. Meantime, a man who was hit by a train in East Bakersfield last week has died. It happened last Wednesday at Baker and Sumner Streets. According to police, 50-year-old Frank Sanchez Jr. was walking southbound on Baker, and when he tried to cross the train tracks, he was hit. Your time now is 540. Education news this morning. CSUV's edible garden is growing thanks to a new partnership. The university already grows food in the garden, but they've received a gift from Adventist Health Bakersfield and the Grimm Family Education Foundation and celebrated with a groundbreaking yesterday. All of the food grown in the garden feeds CSUB students through the food pantry, which opened in 2017 after a survey revealed food insecurity is an issue with the majority of their students. When they build this out to its potential, they'll be able to produce thousands of pounds a year of produce that will go to the food security issues here on campus for students and faculty. They'll have educational sort of programs. They'll have programs to bring the community in here. And that, to us, that's sort of the real vision for what this is all about here. The Edible Garden will be located on the far southeast side of campus. Bakersfield College will be celebrating the United Nations International Day of Peace 2021 with a virtual event later today. The Bakersfield College Peace Initiative will host a virtual seminar on YouTube at 4 p.m. featuring a panel of local peacemakers sharing their perspectives on how to foster a more peaceful world. The program will be aired on BC's YouTube channel. For more information, you can visit our website kget.com. Working in the spirit of the Golden Empire, this is 17 News at Sunrise. The 17 News at Sunrise podcast is a production of KGET and Nexstar Media Group. For more on all of the headlines in today's show, head to KGET.com.